Welcome to the completely unnecessary pre-Thanksgiving podcast. Gobble, gobble. For Tuesday, it's 11 That's weird. Uh, that's Ian Ferguson. I like it when dates do things like that. Ian at an undisclosed location with his Detroit Pistons uh, blanket. Is that uh, what it is? It, it's a it's a towel that I got for uh, Spike, uh, oh, okay. and it just got washed. I, I wrap his heat pad in it. He's a he's a big Pistons fan, Spike. In fact, uh, I, a little, little Spike cam, little Spike cam here. Oh. Guy, hey Spike, he hey is. buddy, Spike's yeah. co-hosting, and I'm Pat Contry <laughs> on the show today. Spike lately like a slug. It was his only defense. On the show today, we'll be talking about a certain uh, oof video that has made the rounds, so to speak. Uh, oof, indeed. A new NWC cart discovered, new in air quotes, because nothing's new for an NWC cart. And a question and answer and a Q&A. Ian's back. Did you listen to any of the Alex fill-in from last week? I did not. I have not done. I, I No. That past week, it was uh, very busy, very rough, uh, and I just, uh, I, I I got home from Tijuana and was immediately sick, um, so no, I didn't listen to any podcasts, but I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Alex uh, was great uh, in my spot, probably even better in a lot of regards. Uh, I do channel a little bit of Alex from time to time with my beard. Was, my long hair i was gonna similar. say maybe it looks personality yeah. <laughs> but um uh people got a kick out of the 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 should nintendo make a new nes and carts uh i've had that conversation with alex it's a fun we, conversation <laughs> when we i i called him on monday and was like hey we need a q a we do a patreon poll we need a choice, and he immediately said that. <laughs> I was just like, "Yep, that's gonna win." Oh, <laughs> and, just, yeah. <laughs> and I said it's gonna, and I even said at the time that's gonna win like seventy percent at least, and it was like seventy thirty split. You could record an entire podcast just on that. Question. I had to cut us off. We were out like twenty two minutes, so we got to move on. This is this, this, can go this on is what forever. happens when you don't have a captain, a ship captain, <laughs> captain intro. I had to be captain intro for that. Um, what was I gonna say? Did you did you uh, play Atari Fifty? I did, I did, uh, and actually, that's that's what I was going to say, and I, I trailed off um, because well, well, I'm, more important. I'm, I'm on a lot of uh, cold meds. Um, yeah, I played Atari. That's actually what I did while I was sick uh, all last week. Is I I played Atari Fifty. Um, it's a fantastic collection. I I can't say anything that hasn't already been said. Um, I, I found myself enjoying games that I never would have played on any other collection because of how interesting it was to see all this stuff in context. It's the first time I've given a shit about, you know, Atari sports games on a collection. Um, and, you know, because it made it interesting. I think all of the uh, original titles are pretty fun. I don't love ha- the Haunted Houses one, um, but I think the Breakout is fantastic. Vector Sector is fantastic. And the remastered version of... Um, Yars Revenge is awesome, and Quadra Tank seems like it would be a lot of fun, but I, I would want to play that with multiple people. I couldn't get a hand um, of the controls too easily because it's, it's like a tank with like dual controls left it, and right. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's actual tank control. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's it's tough. Tough to learn, um, but I'm sure it's fine. Uh, Neo Breakout was incredible. Neo um, Breakout is great. I'm still playing through that, and Vector Sector, I love, love, love. I just, it's not... I don't think I got the Vector Sector. Uh, Vector Sector is great. It what? combines it, it combines basically asteroids, uh, lunar, lunar land. Oh, I did play that one. Oh, I like that one a lot. Yeah, 
that one's fucking great. Um, I, when I'm but, playing that, I was wishing for just an Asteroids one by itself. That would have been cool, but it kind of combined both, which was which was nice. Um, um, plus, that combines four games. Plus, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to cannibalize their recharge games that just hasn't come out that too long ago. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, those are, you know, they mentioned those in one of the timelines, and obviously there's still sales to be made there. Um, I still want to play the new Yars Revenge one really bad. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic collection. I just wish there was some color blindness options because some of those games can be pretty freaking rough. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's not, I mean, there's obviously I wanted more things and I wanted like Space Duel. I wanted the stuff, I wanted to be able to play almost every game I saw that there's no way to play them. Uh, but obviously, yeah, there's a cutoff at some point. You can't do that or anything. But the fact that they even put in um, Touch Me, this the, the same individual that did the Neo Breakout did the Touch Me. And I said, that's great that they included that. When I, was, when I looked at Touch Me, I was like, are they going to have a, a playable version? It would probably be semi-simple to do that. I was like, there it is. It's like, yep. thank you for putting it in. I played uh, it for like I've 10 I've been minutes. looking on eBay for one that's in good shape now because my uh, grandfather on my mom's side growing up always kept a Touch Me um, near him. Uh, I mean, honestly, for most of my childhood, just one of those things to like keep his brain sharp. He would always turn it on and screw around with it. So, yeah, I like seeing the touch me. Um, having uh, Tempest 2000 is amazing. It's great. Um, I actually think Cyber Morph is kind of fun. I, I used to pl- I, I would play Cyber Morph when it would come in uh, at Luna. And uh, it even like I think contextually and just, you know, understanding like having having them you know, talked about it, it made me enjoy some games more than I ever did. Um, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of 2600 uh, Centipede. I love it. Now. Really? I've, I've always hated 2600 Centipede, but I don't know, just something about it and listening to people talk about it. And it's like, yeah, we're doing an abridged version. You know, we just got to go for the feel and stuff like that. And it's tough for me sometimes to, you know, let go of the fact that certain arcade games are ports and can only be done so well. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, as its own thing on its own, sure. Centipede on the twenty six hundred is fun, and a lot of their their um, yeah, you know, asteroids was ended up good. being pretty good. Yeah, I don't love the twenty six hundred asteroids, but like the seventy eight hundred asteroids, I've been playing that, and I really but, like that one. So, well, I mean, for having one button, asteroids converted pretty well in twenty six hundred. Oh, it did, it did, yeah. Um, and and so did centipede. Obviously, Ast- uh, excuse me, missile command was pretty good in twenty six hundred. I remember, I haven't played it recently. But I remember it being pretty good back then. It would have been amazing. We've been yep. like, and I love uh, fifty two hundred missile command. Again, one of the few games that actually made decent use of that joystick. Sure, um, like I said, it's not perfect, but it's like as they as they retweeted me, digital clips, or, or they quoted me my quote, which is nuts that they did it. But thanks, well, for you doing know, it can it. never be perfect because sure. of licensing and things like that. Like, I mean, everyone, of course, wants more. The question is, are you happy with what you sure. got? And the answer is yes, one hundred percent happy with what I got. It's fucking great. So my digital eclipse approved quote was this is an incredible achievement and I'm not saying that with any sarcasm. This is arguably the best retro game compilation that's ever been released. Oh, they made retro game one word. It's two words. Retro game is two words. That's okay. It's like video game how it's a controversy of one word or two words. The old the old school always put it as one word. Newer school video game they separate it out into uh, two words, whether it's an adjective or noun. That's a whole grammar issue. That's an argument, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyway. But anyways, <laughs> yes, it's 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 fantastic. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, kudos to the team. This is, you know, the, this is the progress. This is the culmination of what they've been doing, 
you know, for years, starting with like the SNK 40th with all of its extensive documentation and then the Street Fighter 30th with all of the art and the documentation. And, you know, then they really up pumped it up again with, you know, the the presentation, at least the menus and stuff on the Turtles. And now you've got this. I mean, there are no misses in mm-hmm. those compilations in each one has been improving in some way on the previous uh, ones. So I, I can't wait to see what they do next. And, and uh, I postulate with Alex that, that this, huh? I postulate with Alex that this is a template now for other companies to do this potentially with their own properties. That oh, want, sure. Yeah, they absolutely. Wanted, they wanted to As I'm in. playing it, I was like, uh-huh. I could, you know, Nintendo will never do it. Nintendo will never let a third party handle it. But imagine that with Nintendo, Sega, uh, you know, all of these companies can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll get to someone from uh, Sega in a little bit. Let's want to. I will mention it now about about the Sega creator, or excuse me, Sonic creator Yuji Naka being in trouble. Yeah, fucking weird as uh, shit. Like, uh, imagine seeing that on my timeline. Uh, insider trading is the allegation. Uh, supposedly, allegation. he was alerted to basically. I think it was an announcement about a new installment of uh, Dragon Quest, and he basically bought a shitload of stock beforehand. Um, so he now shares something in common with Martha Stewart, and he'll probably have a cooking show with Snoop Dogg any day now. That's my guess. Uh, I I don't know how so. So he wasn't working at Square Enix, but he, he said he, he found out about it, and it's just like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, what when is the line drawn about? Well, I, I found an information about this versus I'm a really good guesser at buying stock. <laughs> you know, it's like hey, I just happened to buy, you know, like twenty thousand shares of a stock today. You right. Know? Like, uh, I don't. Yeah, he bought oh ten thousand. Allegedly bought about ten thousand shares for about two point eight million yen. What's the conversion that now with the U.S.? It's a lot better. Uh, wow. Uh, they were arrested under the Financial Instruments and Exchange Act. Oh, I'm, I'm super familiar with that. Uh, according to the Special Investigation Unit, the suspect was an employee of the major game company Square Enix around late 2020, January, when Square Enix and the online company, uh, a game production company, Aiming, were jointly developing. In addition, he learned important information about the new game, Dragon Quest Tact for smartphones. Okay. So had the information back then. Now they know it's you know he 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 knew when it was going to be announced and you know so it's like okay I see, you get the information back then I see, I see, you see, I see, you see, and a couple others were arrested as well. So there you yeah. go. Well, there you go. Uh, I have to mention the, the sad passing of Jason David Frank because it seems like a lot of people were hit hard by it and understand why. Uh, Jason David Frank was the most famous uh, Power Ranger actor, played the Green Ranger, then the White Ranger then the Red Zia Ranger and a couple others, and it was on Dino Thunder in the late 2000s as the old man Power Ranger, which is actually humorous because at the time, the actor was only probably like 33 or so or 34. Maybe he's like the old the old guy. Um, obviously, a lot of people grew up with the Power, Ranger, uh, Power Rangers, um, part of their childhoods. So to see uh, Jason David Frank uh, pass away like that, take his own life, is, is obviously very disheartening to a lot of people. So I, that's why I want to comment on to, on it because obviously he, he was a, he was a huge part of people's childhoods, and he, and he was only forty nine. It's like so so young, still forty nine for it to happen. Just sad, just sad. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot to say. My my past few months have been kind of just full of death, and I don't really want to talk about it. And there was the shooting over the weekend, and. Uh, 
my, my hearts are with everyone affected and it's just uh the world is a, a, a sad place right now I, that's all i got uh this was an interesting article that headline was clickbaity NFL linebacker retires after selling rare Pokemon card for over $650,000. They didn't retire because they sold the card. They were in the NFL for like nearly 10 years. I still think it's a pretty funny headline. It's, and it's it's an okay use of clickbait to me. Um, because I think anyone would know that a football player, no one's necessarily retiring over a six hundred fifty. Well, a football player is probably going to be able to make a lot more money if they just kept playing. Um, but it was a uh, rare uh, card. Um, it's one of the illustrator cards, which I, I don't know the exact story behind it, but I think they were only given to certain, they, it was a prize card, I think, for a tournament, and then they were given to some people within the company. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Is that why it says illustrator yeah, they, on it? That, yeah, exactly. So like That's, it, that's what the illustrator is. It's like a promo is. card, was, basically. I, wow. Yeah, I think it was basically given to artists, and then I think it was a contest giveaway. I could be wrong. Either way, I think it's funny. One, the the clickbaity headline was funny, um, but uh, I think it's just an interesting example of the um, the overlap. How, you know how, how different video games and and hobbies are uh from when you know when we were growing up in the 90s how how much these nerdy hobbies and sports stars you know overlap with each other this is stuff that's enjoyed by everyone at this point sure you know it, it's not its own it's not its own niche uh you know uh, video games pokemon that stuff is is followed by everyone one of my favorite things to see like when watching nba games is like the in-between commercial like interstitials um, that they show if if you don't have ads and they like talk about like all the video games that the you know the the basketball players are playing and what their favorite pokemon and shit like that are and it's it's just interesting to see how much that landscape has changed well that's what they grew up with you grew yeah. up with a kid in the you know late 90s 2000s you know now you're playing sports you're in your 20s you know it makes sense uh so the illustrator was also logan paul's famous card that he bought for like six million was also an illustrator a pokey it was a pikachu illustrator so it was also yeah. one of the illustrators. I did not know that. He wore, he wore it around his neck at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know why you do that, if it's worth millions of dollars, but okay, that's his claim to fame. So I guess that's why you do that. I don't know sure. what these are worth now. I don't know if that's gone up or down uh, in value, but so it's interesting. It's, 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 a, it's like the closest thing to an NWC cart because it's like it wasn't for public consumption, I guess. Right. That's interesting. Um. We don't have a we don't have a transition for this. No, I guess I guess we I, don't have a transition. I actually my thought, stomach made a really weird noise as soon as we got I, quiet. I didn't hear. I, I thought I thought there was another topic. I moved it. That's why uh, I I moved the Dino Force PC engine prototype release. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, that. Sure. I I mean I guess it's it's basically it's just that I I only want to bring it up because I can't stand PCE works. Um, there's a prototype of dinosaurs for the PC engine. Uh, it's gotten it's gotten polished up to a finalized version uh, with the involvement of the original game designer, and we'll get a free ROM release later this month. It's a horizontal shooter, well. it looks like horizontal. Um, yeah, I want to know how much the the involvement of the original game designer was involved, and it also makes it sound like there's only one game designer. Uh, I'm generally very anti PCE works. They sell extremely high quality bootlegs um and you know it, it it fucks with the market 
Um, it's wrong. Uh, but you know, a lot of these I got expensive tricks. games now that, that have come out, people need to be more careful. Uh, I think they've put more marks on their games as time has gone on, but a lot of their earlier releases were designed to look basically identical. Uh, to the originals i got tricked uh, i didn't know better because i didn't know it existed this was what was this three four or five years ago when i was trying to buy the the rest of the at least five years when i was trying to buy the rest of the cd north american games um and i in the godzilla one um I, I almost bought by accident i almost bought it by accident um i i clicked it and then i didn't pay for it yet and i looked at it and i was like wait a second then i, I saw a real picture i'm like that's not the, the i didn't know just by searching, I was just searching, you know, TurboGrafx CD, you know, Godzilla, and so I almost got screwed over. I almost paid a lot of money uh, for a fake uh, for a bootleg game, and I was just like, "It sucks, it sucks." But um, I, I double checked. Good news is this is getting a free ROM release, so there is a way to check it out if you don't want to um, support PCE Works. Um, but problematically, this is not. I don't know what this, the 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 status of preservation is right now because this isn't going to be this isn't going to be released as as is this is a modified um version of you know of what was of the the prototype that was found polished up to a finalized version so yeah that's the problem it's like you're not getting what was actually historically worked on you're getting something that sat around for 25 years or so 30 years and now someone comes in and, and finishes it up and so it's like that's great we should have the original one preserved somewhere. And I'm sure it is. The other thing is that they try to make it seem like this is official because one of the, the, the designers, right, exactly. on it. it's not that's an official I, release. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was uh, saying. Like, I, I would like to know what the involvement is and what they were given, but you're, but they're, they're treating it like one person is the entire team. Yeah, they they don't own the rights to this. Right. They don't. And so it, it's bad because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's some sort of, they're getting a piece of this. I'm guessing with this release and all of it just seems, I haven't heard of a situation like this happening before where someone who worked on the game uh, probably doesn't have the rights to it is now in bed with the company making this re-release. This yeah. It's, it's very strange. It's very strange. So I'm not saying you shouldn't buy it, but like looking at this release, it looks super official. There's all, there's a ton of all extra crap. I'm looking at it's like, wow, this is like a ton of things, 289 uh, pounds or euros uh, for this. What symbol is that? Euro or pounds? I always get it confused. Uh, Euro looks like a, 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 a yeah. So like they have a regular one, and they have this like one old, that's going to be like a three hundred dollar version that has all this extra stuff on it, and it's just like yeah, I, I'm not, I, I don't get it. I understand why people like some of the stuff. I just don't understand it personally. Uh, I'll probably I, check out the ROM though. Yeah, but you should also check out ultimatenintendo.com. You should, <laughs> especially, especially. For for uh, Black Friday, you know, I was going to ask before. I'll ask you right now. Do you want to do a discount on the CU podcast enamel pins, stickers, and T-shirts for for Black Friday? Sure, let's how, do it. How about twenty five percent off? Let's do it. Twenty five percent off. We we thought of it right now. Twenty five percent off all CU podcast T-shirts, enamel pins, and stickers at ultimateintendo.com starting starting now until now. until Monday. Go for it. Monday. Let's do t- it. Until now, until until Monday at midnight. I mean, got through the weekend. Um, and there's also certain NES Super Nintendo guidebooks. Sometimes I do a sale on those as well. We'll see. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, and I got I got the RBI baseball stickers and everything else. I'll be on Twitch Wednesday a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier. I might have to do something Wednesday night. Twitch.tv slash Country Code. 
Um, it'll, it'll be like when you used to go, come home from college and you'd hang out with all your friends on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. That was the great tradition that you had. Uh, we'll do that. Yes. And then uh, cameo.com slash Pat Contry. And now I'm on Hive Social. Ian, you better register your name. Hive Social. I registered. I uh, I'm on there is, is Pixel Sickle, P-X-L-S-I-C-L-E. Uh, you won't really find me on there unless Twitter goes entirely down. But add me. Uh, someone took Grape Aid Fade, that asshole. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, yep. Hive Social might be the one that comes out as the competitor. It, it, there's only like supposedly a few people that wor- are working on it, but it's closest to how Twitter works and functions. But obviously, it's they don't have the resources, but I can picture someone putting money behind there. All you need is like two or three major influencers, sports or movies. Someone say, hey, here's a million dollars. Right. Let's make this up. And then I'll start posting on there and then getting the fans. That's all it takes. It's not impossible. Remember, MySpace used to be the biggest thing in the fa- in the world at one point. Yeah, it's sure. not. Twi- Twitter is not too big to fail. Oh, yeah. No. Not at um, all. So, you know, and the fact that it's a nice name, Hive. Mastodon is like, what the hell is that? Hive. It's like Beehive. It's like it makes sense. It, sure. Branding is a big part of this stuff. It really is. It is. It, if you can't wrap your mind around it and say, hey, why don't you sign up for Mastodon? Like, what is that? Is that some sort of fucking zoology thing? Like, what? <laughs> like, it doesn't, it, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. And, and plus, and plus, like I said, like, this is the closest. I only take around it for a few minutes. It's the closest to Twitter in terms of how it functions. And there's some Instagram photo stuff too. But obviously, it's still hard to search for people's names and stuff like that to find. But like, like I said, it's, it's super early. Right. So it looks like it's basically the same. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, do you want to talk about this funny this funny New York Post article based upon a YouTube video? I don't really because it's like – so. What do you mean you don't? You, you didn't – it's on the docket. You didn't say you don't want to talk about it. Um, someone drank like 12 – energy drinks in 10 minutes and uh ended up going to the hospital and i just want to know why why did they do it i feel like it's dangerous so this was a a new york York post article that talked about a youtube video discussing it the youtube video is from a a clinical pharmacist uh who they have 2.6 million 2.6 million subscribers chubby emu it's called and they do they, they do humorous reenactment videos, just like a thousand ways to die. But we know the person in the reenactment that they got uh, from Screen. Oh, Wars. okay, so that was just the reenactment. Oh God, yes, yeah, ju- yeah, no, I Justin Silverman didn't really Justin. go to the hospital. Ian, thought this. Uh, okay, you right. thought Justin Silverman went to the hospital? Yeah, I was like, why didn't I hear about this? Why do you think I'm laughing about it? Because I wouldn't be laughing if Justin had a heart attack. We've known Justin for years. <laughs> Ian, you silly goose. No, he was just part of the I want to put it past Justin is the thing. <laughs> you, you're saying Justin would down 
It's fucking twelve <laughs> drinks in ten. Not, ten not, not modern day, but in the past, it's something I think he probably okay. could have been convinced to do. Well, Justin Silverman uh, uh, from he works with Screenway Media. We see him at conventions. Uh, he he he's the person in the reenactment of this. He, he thought he went to the hospital. Why do I think I'm laughing about it? I wouldn't be laughing if Justin went to the hospital. <laughs> would I? Would I? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's funny as hell. The YouTube video has six point five million views. So. It, it, it's just uh it's it's good it's good shit right there it's good shit okay yeah now it's much funnier now, now <laughs> it's I like what do you think i'm a, what do you think i'm a fucking much psychopath funnier. that i would be laughing at that <laughs> ian i put down the title i'm tearing back the the, the the fourth wall here so we have a docket of topics i had titled it something and then i forgot what i titled it like oh this is you know w- you know weird lonely gamer drinks you know 12 energy drinks in 10 minutes ian retitled it to jesus fucking christ because he probably realized <laughs> that it was our it was justin that went in the hospital was. this uh, is like papa john's i ate 40 pizzas in 30 days <laughs> when he did that when he did that that interview a year yeah. or two ago oh boy uh twitter <sighs> descends into hell we talked about with alex uh, last week just how we don't know what which way this is going to go with Twitter, but every every day there's been a new development. Like, hey, you have until tomorrow to opt into still working here, and like, hey, we don't have anyone left that could really code this, so we have to now go back out and and ask people to work on that this again that already quit or we fired. So it's just been um, it's been a trip. It's been a it seems like it's been six months, but it's been like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been amusing to watch from a, a number of angles, and uh, I haven't I haven't rushed out to like really join any other social media sites. I, sure. I don't think it's going to. I, it's not too big to fail, but I, I I don't think we're quite there yet. It's gonna it's gonna be steps. It's gonna be like my MySpace didn't disappear overnight. Right. It took like a exactly. good couple of years where people were like, "Well, this is kind of weird. This is." Not into this things, anymore. Things can definitely fall apart, and and, and they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's doing anything good for the company, but it's just it's. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where we wake up in the morning and it's just not there. I I do think people are looking at alternatives, though. Seriously, I do think this is going to be something where someone can come in and shake it up and get people away because people are just unhappy on Twitter right now. Yeah. And um, I did look at someone had a long thread. It was a great thread about what can and will go wrong when you like get rid of people that have that know how to look at the code and undo. Yeah, things. I read that same thread. It was a good thread. And it is scary though. They said like, "Hey, you push out new code, you can break shit that you don't know how to undo, or it could be un- it can be undoable. You can't just go backwards in time, like things like that. Where, yeah, maybe right now it's okay, but if the people are gone that can maintain this stuff." And he says, like, it's simple things like power going on to certain servers or things that happen where this is something that will degrade over time. It's, it's like maintenance on a house. Like, yeah, like right. over over years. Imagine if like, oh, the you know, uh, some some the, the, the furnace goes. The or, problems or creep in goes. and they get harder to fix 100 percent because those problems cause more problems, sure. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. A pipe, a pipe starts to leak. And you don't realize it. Now the wall's moldy. Like, that's kind of how these super big platforms are like that's why you have so many people working there it's not something where it's like oh yeah we'll get rid oh get rid of these useless workers they don't know what they're doing and it's like uh, i don't know i think i think i think there's uh i think you have to keep some of these people around yeah yeah 
It's not just oh, we're just playing ping pong all day in the, in the break room. I don't. That that's one of the weird things that try, people are trying to say. Oh, look at all the stuff they got there. Well, they're working there. They shouldn't have this stuff. And and, and it's a weird. There's a this weird like. There's uh, a weird percentage of this com- of this country that wants people to be miserable in their daily lives. That's you, what they want. They're miserable, so everyone else has to be miserable too. Can't have any nice things. Everything's got to suck. Like um, or just say hey, you, know, you should be happy that you get to work eighty hours a week, and it's like what, like no. what. Like why? Like what? Like why is that good? I mean, that used to be. There used to be. That used to be the, the the thing in the Gilded Age before before you had you know the the labor movement in like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. That's why you had this stuff happen. Yep. Be- because that's why you had people like you know like uh uh like how people like like Teddy Roosevelt when he almost got reelected as a third party because like there there was no one standing up for for a lot of these workers uh, back then a hundred years ago. Uh, Hundred and hundred and twenty years ago. God, what year did he try to come in as a third party? Nineteen oh eight, Teddy. I forget. Anyway, so so you had you had at one point in time, there were no labor laws in this country, none, and so people got away with whatever they want. People were, you know, the company store. Like you, you basically worked. You basically worked. The co- you used company credit to buy things, so you had to stay with the company. Like, and you worked as many hours as they told you to. So there, company there, script. Yeah. yeah. So there was no weekends at one point. Yeah. There was no weekends. They, they, they might have given you like one day off. And they, yeah, company were, script where you use their money. They give you a low amount of money to buy things that are higher priced yeah. than their own stores. Yeah. That used to be that used to be uh, a thing with factories in this country mm-hmm. and working and, and during the Industrial Revolution and things like that. So, like I said, like I don't understand it. It's really strange. Uh, I think some people's uh, brains are just broken yes. for whatever reason at this point. And uh, to, the cruelty to, is the point. To, to, to see to see a, a worshiping of of mistreating people is just bizarre. I, but but maybe that's why when I said to myself and Alex, I think talked about it a little bit, not on the podcast, but maybe it wouldn't be the be- the worst thing if if social media evaporated in some instances. But it's important in others, though. So that's why it's like, man, didn't see this coming like this. Did you see a new NWC cart being discovered? Being uh, coming? Did you see I, not that? not until this very morning when you <laughs> alerted me to it. That's uh, that's interesting. So it's not something that happens every day anymore. So this came into uh, I know the person who runs this their uh, store. This came into their, their Connecticut store is also one of Huntington, Be- Huntington Beach Retro Games Plus. I know Chris who runs the store. He helps run their uh, Retro World Expo in uh, in Connecticut with our pal Lance, formerly of Retro World TV. This was turned in number three forty-five, which I believe is the highest number. I was going to say, is that the highest number? I believe so. I knew uh, before it might have been three twenties or three tens or three thirties. So that's how you know at least they made that many. What's the highest number they found? Well, they made at least three forty-five. There you go. So an uh, an older uh, lady uh, came in with it to test it. So this is the the first time we're seeing good old three four. It's like finding an old friend, an old friend comes. <laughs> well, there was that point in time you remember before the pandemic, like three were found in like 2019. Remember the storage unit, one or two of them, and then another. So like, it's it's amazing that these are still out there being found. Like every literally every year, a new NWC cart, like at least one. It seems like since we've done the podcast. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're I think, right. I, don't think it's I been thought a... it started slowing down. Oh, we had three in one year a, a few years ago. You're right. You're right. We did. Um, yeah, because that one that went into uh, 
The one that uh, was at Pink Gorilla was a new number, right? I don't yeah. remember the Pink Gorilla one. Really, there was a Pink Gorilla one. I think that was a new number. I know there was at least one. There was one. There was one in Southern California that was found around L.A. I believe uh, there was one that Stefan helped with, help uh, sell. Uh, there was a, there was a few. Um, I don't think a new gold one's been found in the past ten years. Or there might have been one, but I don't think so. You hear murmurings of it, but yeah, that that well, that's only twenty six of them. So at some point, you're just going to run out, run out of probability of finding uh, one of the yeah. ones remaining. But no, it's it's always exciting to see this. People are still holding on to this stuff. That's why you got to be careful. At least with this, you know it's actually a rare thing. But you got to be careful when you hear about games going for a lot of money, the seal stuff, because you don't know what people are holding on to. You don't. Not there's going to be dozens of NWCs released. You know, by one person that has them. That'd be funny, though. It's like, oh, I, I got, uh, I got, I got the 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 two seventy series. I got two seventy, two seventy five. <laughs> no, I have a feeling that these broke down a lot because these are hand, you know, hand soldered, handmade, and just went right. Um, you know, just or just got lost or got beat up with with grubby kids playing them around the U.S. at locations. Got lost. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's why they had to make some out. Yeah. Yeah, imagine instead of cleaning them out, uh, this one's broken, just toss They didn't bother to clean them. <laughs> well, Nintendo says we can't use rubbing alcohol and Q-tips. Let's just toss them out. And that's why they tossed They just tossed them. Could be. Could well, be. I, mean, I, I, I honestly always do wonder, like, what percentage of each release have we lost, of any release, you know, have we lost to the dumpster? You know, I mean, whatever, you know, if something's 10,000 have been released, you know, there's not 10,000 out there. Maybe it's, what is it really? You lose twenty percent. You lose thirty. Like, yeah. Like, what do you actually lose? I, I would love uh, to see a study on that if there's any way to do it, but I just I don't know how you would. I don't. Yeah, you'd have to like do it. You'd have to like that's a longitudinal study. Now, yeah, it would have to be like a very long term. It have to be like, hey, all these kids bought these Star Wars toys between eighty and eighty three, and twenty years later, like how many are still around just from like this one town? I guess you could do it like that. Right. That's really interesting. I think about the Star Wars stuff a lot because. Um, I don't know if, did I mention to you that someone uncovered a like a huge amount of like shipping boxes that hundred several hundred brand new uh, figures yeah, for for a certain number for for a few of the toys I think you told me about it that. was more than a few it was a lot oh okay uh, it was shipping containers of ones from early eighties to mid eighties and um, this stuff is out there I always talk about like you don't know who when like these stores closed down. Uh, we saw it with games, mostly with like the rental shops and, you know, closing down. I've heard multiple stories, people saying, yeah, discovered a rental shopper. You know, I bought all these games because these rental shops were closing and in the late 90s. Like this stuff goes to other places or it gets liquidated. Someone picks it up. And that goes the same for uh, for new items. Like I was talked about. I remember probably being six, seven years old going to uh, I don't know if they're still around odd job. It was a you know discount closeout store in New Jersey and New York. Whole aisle of Star, I mean, entire aisle on the pegs of Star Wars toys in the late late eighties. Like, oh. they made they made a bajillion of these things. Right, it was the most popular toy probably of the eighties. And you take into account early eighties to like mid, like tons of toys. Eh, probably GI Joe surpassed them probably. Uh, hey and, man. Yeah, I, mean, I it guess wasn't, it wasn't really in the late '80s. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's another thing. Like, what probably sold the most, but Star Wars, at least for the first three, four years, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I, I wonder like, if they were even keeping track of that stuff back then. No, but like that's the thing. It's like they sold these everywhere. It's not hard to find these figures. It's just, it's just the doing the math of okay, if they sold a million figures, how many are still not open somewhere? You know, and you just do that for all these individual figures. Yeah. Anyway, that, I thought that was interesting. I thought I, I did bring it up to you before, but it was all the rage of a couple of weeks back on the toy forums about that. So that's still happening. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Retrobit. Retrobit is back and bringing another high-quality set of re-releases to the table. This time it's Valus, one of my personal all-time favorite series of action platformers. Help Yuko take on the dark world with weapons, spells, and precise platforming. This magical gale kicks serious tuckus. The three Genesis games will be getting the excellent Retrobit treatment we love. Valus is a 16-bit remake of the original title... And Valus 3 introduces Yuko's friends. And then there's Sid of Valus, a cute spin-off with super deformed, cutesy graphics. Each game comes in a replica Genesis hard case with a full-color manual and reversible art. These cases are solid. They feel like the real deal. I love them. If you buy all three, you'll get a master slipcase to store them all attractively and an acrylic standee featuring Yuko and her friends. These aren't the same games on the Valus collections for the Switch. These are the Genesis versions, which have previously not seen re-release. There is no overlap between the existing collections and these games. These are playable on all original Genesis and European Mega Drive systems, plus most clones. They will not play on any Japanese Mega Drive systems. They just don't fit. Each Valus title is available separately, or all three bundled together with the acrylic stand featuring the characters and the slipcase. Pre-orders are open until November 27th. If you're in North America, you can order at Castlemania Games or Limited Run Games. Or if you're in Europe, you can go to Strictly Limited Games, Dragon Box Shop, Spielosant, or Just for Games. Want to march into the, the main topic, Ian? Oh, it's just a little old main topic. Um, I don't know if anyone heard about it, but a video came out last week that you should probably watch. Uh, it's a small video. Uh, it's a short video uh, by someone not very well known. H-Bomber guy, I believe his name is Harris. <laughs> yes. H-Bomber uh, guy, uh, big oh YouTuber, uh, put out a two-hour long video. And um, I never watch YouTube videos, ever. I just I don't like watching video. I, I'm not a huge movie guy. I don't watch TV often. Um, and YouTube has never been my way of absorbing information. Uh, but this video had me from beginning until end. And it was it gripping, is, is right? It, Huh? It was gripping. Yes. Uh, it starts, it, it basically, it starts out with a little bit of the history of the oof sound effect um, made famous in uh, Roblox. And um, obviously anyone who's been following us, you know, we've been talking about, you know, this has come up when referring to a certain person named Tommy Tallarico. Um, so it starts as a look into the history of the oof sound effect and at about the halfway point, you get kind of an answer. But, uh, not not halfway. It's not even close to no, halfway. No, I'm sorry, not halfway. Half an hour. Half, half an, an hour, hour, I meant to say. Because it's really like right at the 30-minute mark. Can I, can I let me play the oof sound real quick? Sure. That's that's the sound. This that's is the, the death sound. sound. That was a death sound. Um, what the video turns into, and, um, you know, this this person, Harris? Harris? I believe it's Harris. Harris. Uh, really enjoyable person to watch, by the way. Uh, I can see why he's uh, wildly popular. Yeah, he's done videos. Uh, he's uh, great. Talking about a the anti-vax movement, about climate denial. He, he uh, how, Why Ben Shapiro's an idiot. 
he has a famous Aquaman Ben Shapiro meme thing, which is hysterical. So yeah. I'll have to catch up on some of those because oh, I really did enjoy. Great. I really enjoyed his delivery and his style. But anyways, so it starts off as this exploration of Oof and then turns into a layer by layer as he peels through layers. He starts to learn about our favorite person, Tommy Tallarico. And it, it becomes an investigation into Tommy Tallarico, um, uh, the lies told by Tommy Tallarico, how these lies com- compound, um, and how an entire history of of believing his lies, you know, leaves us with something like we, we have an inaccurate record. We don't know exactly what parts of his career are even true at this point, you know, is, is basically what it comes down to. And it ends up being a look at how easy it is to rewrite history, even in a uh, burgeoning new area. I mean, we really, we really only have, you know, 50, you know, video games have about a 50 year history right now. That's a young history. That's a, that's a young past, if that makes sense. And it shows just how easy, even in such a young, barely formed um, area, uh, it is to, 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 you know, change the facts. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's fantastic. So that's, that's what it is. Um it goes through a number of the things uh, that we've talked about on here and haven't talked about. It goes through his Guinness uh, World Records. It goes through the undeclared. Um, uh, hello, hi guys. Hey Spike. Hi Spike. There you go, Spike. It it, uh, it goes through a lot of Tommy's past claims. Most of them we went through on the podcast over the past years. Like you said, the Guinness World Records. Um, being involved in, in games that there was no record of him actually working on games like Metroid Prime, where it's like, what did you actually do on this? Like, like what, what did you really do? Uh, working personally, quote-unquote, hand-in-hand with Shigeru Miyamoto, which we, we, we've lambasted how insane that is. I think I said at one time Miyamoto wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. Right. Um, and really peels back the the deceitful history of of really... I'll, I'll just call him a charlatan, uh, really uh, pumping up their accomplishments. Did, did they accomplish nothing? No, they did They did things in the industry. Tommy did things in the industry, yes. but did not work on 350 games. The, the number in the, in the video was probably closer to really like 60 to 70 uh, games being associated with. Um, and just really looking at an individual who's built their career on a house of cards, at least a reputation to get to this point. And and while I was watching it, I, I said to myself, well, this is this is interesting because you're going to introduce a lot of people to Tommy's, uh, we'll just say, I mean, his lies and what type of person he is, uh, a whole new audience of people that hadn't heard of him before and a lot of people that had. And like you said, this is someone who's basically trying to change history about uh, changing credits uh, who actually worked on things. Like one yeah. of the th- things about Roblox that was interesting that we brought up, and we covered this a uh, month back and why they took it out of the game because uh, Roblox, uh, Tommy argued that they, okay, they stole this, this song Roblox from this game Messiah that Tommy Tallarico Studios did the sound design on. But Tommy Tallarico Studios was just Tommy farming out work to other people, including Joey, Joey Curris, who was a sound engineer who still works to this day. That was why I like this video a lot, Ian. We learned that Joey Curse has worked on a lot of stuff, including he's still working in the industry. He's still working on uh, Fortnite. 
sound in Fortnite. Like this is a prolific person who has worked in the industry for like over 30 years. And I don't know much of his accomplishments because people like Tommy Tallarico are burying them. Right. But or, it did, I mean, luckily it brought him, you know, some recognition that he deserves. So, so uh, we talked about before how Roblox, uh, Tom was trying to get money out of him. By the way, in the video, uh, the, the, the insane video where Tommy's at- attacking Roblox and then like saying, oh, I want to work with these guys, but, you know, they, they owe me money. Saying that the ma- the degree of the the offer was off by a hundred times. times, he said they offered a hundred times less than what Tommy wanted. That's so. I'm guessing. I'm just doing pat math. That they probably offered him something like ten thousand dollars, and he wanted like a million. Yep, that's what my my base thought is. Is that you, something around that? You think something? Like I, that my guess is uh, fifty thousand, and he wanted something like five million. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving him too much the benefit of the doubt. Cause that, cause like what you said is probably closer to the truth. I'm like, well, maybe a million is still crazy, but not too crazy. He probably, yeah, that's probably probably what it was, or like twenty five thousand for two two and a half million. So Tommy wanted all this money, but Roblox said, well, we, we just got this sound from a sound pack, and so you know we didn't steal it. So it delved into the history, and then Tommy claimed Joey Curtis's name is on the the, the sound file in the metadata from exported from SoundForge. So which means that they processed it at least. Tommy kept changing his story about, well, I don't know, you know, I, we worked on it, I worked on it, we did all this processing and pitching, and this is my single favorite part of the video, and this is, this. I really wanted to talk about this. Um, everything is, you know, is is interesting, and everything else is important, but this segment of the video was masterfully edited and put together, because it, you can see the thoughts working in Tommy's head in real time, the way he puts it together, the way he makes that first tweet created by Joey Curis, then starts using we, then deletes it. Then he has that Roblox stream. He does where you're right. He's ta- He's literally trying to make it sound like he was in the room and be, well, we did a lot of, you know, editing and, and, and trimming and, but he, he never gets right down. EQing. Says, I made that sound effect, huh? Yeah, we did a lot of EQing, and I'm, I'm looking at a lot like, of EQing. It's like, no, you haven't. I mean, you can play that sound effect again. Uh, this is okay. This is the final sound effect. Let me play it again. This is in Roblox. <laughs> That's the sound effect. So there is no. <laughs> he desperately tries, and then it's, you can see him getting whipped up into a frenzy in his weird make-believe world where. This is an important sound, you know, never thinking that maybe the sound effect became important because the game was popular. Yes. He tries to make this fucking crazy argument that the game is popular because of this one sound effect. I can't he think- spends he spends all of this time showing you how Tommy goes from not caring about it to finding out the game is popular to suddenly trying to make it his own thing. And in real time, you can see him struggling, trying to find a way to do that. And it just it exposes him so beautifully in a relatively quick point of time. And again, this is a quarter second sound time. that that I wish uh, Harris commented. We commented on that I'm not sure legally you can copyright small short sounds. Otherwise, people can copyright small sounds that end up being used anywhere or close to. It, it's you can't do it the same way you can't tra- trademark common words. You can't trademark like the word "the." Obviously, right. So that's not even that's not even clear. That you could even copyright that, but then it's not clear still who made the sound because Tommy says in that video that oh we were in the in the room with people that worked uh, from uh, was it from in, was it Inside Studios? Yeah, someone's no, it was uh, um, shiny, um, uh, shiny, shiny. 
at, yeah. at Shiny Entertainment was in the room, and then we recorded a, 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 a young girl's sound. Tommy says this, and this is this goes to the point of what happens when someone constantly lies. You get worn and broken down thinking, well, they have to tell the truth at some point in time, right? Not right. everything can be a lie. So even I think Harris should have stopped and said, well, wh- why would that even be true that Tommy said that? Like, what evidence is true that when Tommy said that we recorded this girl working? Why is that even potentially true? I don't. Well, I mean, at some point you got to stop investigating too. I mean, you can't keep going down these. No, these no paths I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming oh, yeah. Harris. But I'm saying like that goes to what happens when someone who cons- is a habitual pathological liar you get right. worn down like that. So so it was on the reset era forums where people were saying, I think I heard this oof sound before, before even Messiah, and I'm going to play this clip here. This appeared at least twice in the movie. This animated film from, from the late 90s, it was like 97, called Cats Don't Dance. There's a penguin character in the movie that gets swatted away um, and makes an oof sound that is not identical, but it's fairly, it's pretty close. And you can picture it being the same sound as the oof sound, just pitched a little bit and with some echo slash reverb effect put on. So let me play this. This is like five seconds in here. <laughs> You hear that oof? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. It's pretty damn close. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it again. And and that I... appears more than once. People are saying like that's like 95%, 99% the same sound. Of and it's just obviously it's been tinkered with. So either they got that sound from somewhere else from the, the person that worked on the sound design of Cat Stone Dance or it's the actor who played the Penguin Kid. They actually recorded that sound. Either way, I don't think it's copyrightable under law. So, no. like, that's an interesting little twist here. Like, that sound could have been in a, in a sound pack or, or or pulled from the movie to be used in Messiah. Either way, I mean, Joey Joey knows the answer. And Joey yeah. wasn't contacted. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, but, like, that... No, no, one, no, one, should, no uh, one should contact Joey. Joey will talk to people if joey wants to talk to people sure but that's he's really the one that actually knows the truth about that yes. sound at the end of the day it's not uh, i i don't think it's tommy so <laughs> no, but that's only a half hour into the video there's another 90 minutes after that yeah and i don't know how much uh h bomber guy knew about tommy i don't know if he, he followed some of the podcast but he he said that um, I think he said he was pretty pretty well unaware of him. But he went down the rabbit hole that we've gone down in in bits and pieces about you know the Guinness crap. Uh, we might have mentioned the Cribs thing once or twice. How it probably wasn't Cribs because who the hell is Tommy Tallarico? But it really goes down looking at someone's. No, uh, we knew it wasn't Cribs beforehand. Someone had already pointed out. Yeah, I mean that was all stuff that we knew. Uh, so. So it was interesting to see, like, like, again, a larger YouTuber with a much sizable audience than us really pull the layers back and really, like, again, at some point you have to start seeing is anything truthful from this person? Is anything? Everything's a lie. Being on MTV Cribs, the Guinness records are all lies. Uh, Harris got one uh, inadvertently uh, uh, taken taken down, or his assistant did cat who emailed them about it. Yeah, his assistant did. So like it's 
it, it's it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad just because how does someone get into positions of power? How does someone start running video games live for like 10 years? How do they get to this point where it's uh, where people know where the bodies are hidden with, with Tommy Tallarico, but like no one either wanted to speak up or felt they couldn't point out like, hey, this is bullshit what a lot of this guy's going on. So I understand that it's tough to get that sort of motion in gear, but now people are starting to come out. People in the comments of this video are like, hey, yeah, we were, you know, student uh, orchestra thinking we were working on something for some someone's project, and then we end up coming to this event where tickets are paid for, and we weren't paid anything to, 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 to play this music. And it's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so how much of this going on is actually honest? And then obviously gets to where Tommy's lies got him uh, indicted and he's, you know, convicted of, of a misdemeanor, which was trying to carry $102,000 back into the U.S. from Brazil. And when they catch life. him with the money and ask why he didn't <laughs> fucking uh, why he didn't declare it because it was more money than you're allowed to travel over the border with. He then just straight up admits to doing a crime and said, oh, I had distributed it between my employees and now I'm taking it back. You literally just admitted to structuring like it's an okay thing to do. Yeah. Just just no what, no street smarts, no common sense. Which I don't think he actually did in reality, but he was trying to be cool about it either way. So we knew about this crime early in the year. We never really talked about it because I, I forget why. I almost feel like I wish we should have because it really shows what type of – I guess dishonest that he is and yes. doing it, and that if he could try to fool around with money and and hide it and and obfuscate the truth, that what is he going to do with the money that you invested in the company? Right, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, so I'm glad that H Bomber guy brought up about this is where the video went to. The Amico was only about 15 minutes total out of this video, maybe 20. It wasn't a huge amount about it. <laughs> That's what uh, was amazing to me was how little. The Amico got focused, and how little you needed of the Amico. Sure, um, honestly, uh, but because you could have talked about all the lies about about um, not taking pre order money, we're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to buy it until you can play it, you know, things like that. But I, I think he covered the most. I mean, he had to, you know, it was a, it's a two hour video. There's only so much he could have gotten uh, done, and I do think he did focus on the most important part. If you're trying to make it look like he shifts the truth and lies to people. Uh, to improve his standings and narrative, focusing on the Jay Allard and Kara Acker part was yes. probably the best part to focus on. Because that's what got him in trouble with the SEC that we reported on whenever that was last year from the right. Republic thing. When they, we kept, they kept saying that, hey, <laughs> Jay Allard, founder of Xbox, is working on this in February of 2021 when Jay Allard was like, hey, I was gone last summer. I was, I, I've been gone for the company for like six months. Right. I've been out there six, seven months. That's called fraud. That H Bomber guy was kind of dancing around that. He's like, what do you call this when you, you lie to S for money? That's fraud. Fraud. So I don't know. I, I think there'll be a lot more stories coming out. This video is going to be seen several million times, potentially like a lot of his other videos. I think it's already it's like, been seen over. I mean, it was seen over a, a million times in two days. It's like a million and a half now. Um, and I'm, I, And this isn't like... I don't almost want to say I told you so. That's almost too simple to say we told you so about Tommy, but we did. Uh, but I, I just it it shouldn't I think get to the point where it takes a, a YouTuber with you know millions of followers to do this this video. Like it, it shouldn't have gotten this point. It, it, I think Tommy should have been 
confronted, quote unquote, publicly before it got to this. And maybe it takes a big YouTuber to do that. People, uh, someone bigger than us. But like this was stuff that was known a lot of this for years. And he took people's money lying to them for years. And that's all like you can't undo that. Those people aren't the people that put in their hundred bucks. Most of them aren't getting their money back. The people that were defrauded, the investors lied to, they're not getting their money back. They're done. Uh, like that's never gonna that's never gonna be undone. And, I think also uh, though it, it's it's more. I agree. We shouldn't have gotten to this point, but we. Tommy was most important and effective in you know the the nineties and early two thousands. Sure. As it is now, and information was not as widely available. And we've seen that Tommy is a, uh, you know, at least up to a a a a, a prolific and master liar. Um, you know, the lies start small and paint a base coat, and you know he gets in with one person that you 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 trust, and um, you know his legend grows. Now we're at the point where all of this is coming together. Now we're at the point. Or Tommy Tallarico has truly exposed himself as an untrustworthy person and a liar, and a, uh, you know, and we're we're finally there. So I don't think it's necessary. I don't think the fault lays with any one person in particular. But now we are at that point where it's like, okay, this guy sucks, and we've got to divest ourselves from them. Uh, sure, but I mean, like two and a half years ago, we were, you know, we were saying this guy's lying about this console coming out, and it's obvious because there's three or four important job listings. I think that was June of 2020. Where like I will say that's that was a turning point where we started getting attacked viciously by by his followers because we 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 realized hey this is now scammy we know this is not coming out October 2020 this is the hard proof firmware engineer software engineer there was I think a manufacturing job remember that where it was like these are like yes. three four jobs where it was like there's no way in God's green earth this is coming out and that's the point I th- would hope that people would have looked into it. Would have been like, wait a second, they're asking for a ton of money uh, for this. They have pre-orders for this console that they say is coming out, and here's evidence directly that it's not. And I guess in a perfect world, there would have been more people, at least someone on board, to be like, hey, what the fuck is happening here that early? Because that was, again, that was still seven, eight months before the Republic campaign at that point in time, uh, sure. that June 2020. So I'm not sure what the lesson is to be learned on this. But I do think people at, at some point have to question themselves and who they follow. And you can't just blindly say, hey, I think I think this is going to work out because of the person working on it's Tommy. Uh, you, right. you have to look at uh, what has this person actually done. And at some point, is there... Well, I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people were looking at what he had done. And I don't think that had started to fall apart enough yet at that point. But sure. But I mean, at that point, what had he done in the past 10 years? He Video games live. Like that was it. Sure. And again, it goes back to um, what happened with Mike Kennedy, where you had some people thinking he can come out with the retro RBS uh, slash click a chameleon. Oh, well, he runs a an eBay style website for video games and he has does a magazine. Therefore, he can launch a video game console. And it's like, that's not how this works. It's well, not. I mean, same as he 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 has a you know uh, uh, a, a touring orchestral show. It's, it's not yeah. the same as launching a video game system. And you, you know? can, yeah, and you not can everyone know, can be good at everything. Sure, and you can know people. You could um, you can have uh, people in the industry that you might have uh, been friendly with that might be able to help you. But if you're still the one running the show and you have no experience, it's not going to matter. 
if you're still making the bad decisions. And that's going to come out about what the decisions were actually made and when, at what time point, and how they squandered all this money. Uh, uh, H. Bomber and I talked about, oh, they squandered money on these um, – they squandered money uh, money on these two offices. That's not where a bulk of the money went, though. Uh, that that was a, a chunk of change. Uh, how about the loans? They repeat themselves with interest in this, and the salaries on top. That's where a lot of the money went. That's right. where it went. I mean, no need to argue uh, about what was stupider there, but yes, I mean, but I mean, but I mean like the money went. That's where the money went. That to me is what was more nefarious. It's like, yeah, we, we have offices, sure. but it's like, dude. That was dumb, but it wasn't as nefarious. Yeah, it's yeah. not as fair as, hey, we're to pay ourselves three hundred, four hundred thousand a year, and and then pay out these loans and make sure we get interest back, uh, so we don't lose money on this and and the interest at exorbitant rates. That's where it's like, what exactly is this? Is this a straight up investment scam, uh, masquerading as a console project? Or it's like, yeah, we'll do some work to make it seem like we're doing a console. We'll have some, we'll have some college kids probably in Germany make some of these games on the cheap. And then we'll just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that because a lot of a lot of uh, scam products are actual products in some form. They have to show that it's some, uh, you know, some product in some form, and then it falls apart. Like I said, it doesn't start off a scam, but it becomes a scam. Yes. So. No. Yeah. Very much. It's easy to get into scammy territory. Yeah, it, it is. So I, I don't, I'm not going to try to. I, I'm really not trying to get in my soapbox, but people people in the retro gaming community have to really be careful about who they associate and promote when it comes to this stuff. I'm tired of history repeating itself every two, three years when it comes to these things. I just am. And, and I know people are saying we can't be cynical about everyone or we have to give some people the benefit of the doubt. You can't do that when you're asking for money up front. You just can't. You can't. That's the line when it comes to this stuff. If people, if people want to uh, fund their own stuff and then come out with it and they have a track record of doing it and putting out good products, that's different. If it's a startup company with no record of putting out the product and asking for money up front, it is your it is your duty to your not just your audience, but to yourself to be hypercritical of these sort of things. So this doesn't happen. But unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen with, with, a, with a section of the, you want to say, community. So there you go. Any, any last thoughts? Uh, you muted yourself, Ian. I didn't do that. <laughs> Asked to unmute. <laughs> it's a little red microphone, Ian. There it is. Yeah, no, I, I've been muting myself when I cough, and I forgot to unmute myself. Um, no, I thought it was I, – I have nothing more to add. It's a great video. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, if you think two hours sounds long, uh, if you've ever watched any of our Miko coverage with Glee and you've never wa- and you haven't watched this, uh, go. I mean, it was as exciting as any movie I've seen. I don't ever, <laughs> I don't ever watch shit that long. And I was like, no, this is this is good. I think I took like one ten minute break to make like a bagel. Um, but we, yeah, we, that, it's worth it's worth watching. Should we pay to have a screening? at the lot we should we can we can, <laughs> we can go and uh we can sell tickets we can do a q a before and afterwards we can we can have food we can <laughs> that'd be funny ian we have a patreon we do patreon.com slash cu podcast uh you go uh you get a little money um a little money and then you get access to the full video podcast. Uh, you get bonus podcast stuff. Uh, like this morning, we talked about the World Cup and our experiences with watching the World Cup. And Pat playing floor hockey, getting beaten up. 
Pat playing floor hockey and getting beaten. Um, ba, 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 da, ba, pin club. Uh, also, uh, I, I do writing about once a week. There will be one this week. I took last week off. And you vote on this poll. Right? And you can vote on this poll. In second place, thoughts on VR and the new PSVR 2 price tag, 26%. No one wanted that. Uh, well, 26% did. And in first place, will physical next-gen games go up in value, the physical copies, in the future due to scarcity caused by the onset of digital gaming? And this is a recommendation from at Rick Howard. Um, I really liked this this question. Um, because I think there's kind of, it's weird, there's two ways to look at it. Um, obviously, we've seen more and more people adopt digital downloading. You know, it's 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 popular. It's a thing. What the kids do uh, when it first came out. You know, during the 360 era, a lot of people balked at it. It was expensive. Things never went on sale. That's changed. Uh, there's always sales going on. There's you know, every game gets a digital release. It's not just some games. Sure. Uh, it's convenient for a lot of people. You know, for uh, you know, uh, suburbs and you know, rural living people, people in middle America where maybe there aren't as many game stores. It's way easier to just be like, all right, I'm going to pre-order this. It's going to auto download to my system. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, you know, it, I, I, I cut out the mailman. It, it's a very easy thing. Cut out the mailman. That sounds, that sounds violent. <laughs> um, so it's an easy thing that a lot of people like, uh, these systems have larger hard drives. They can store more. Um, and as we've spoken about, you know, with how some of these games get launched these days and what state they get launched in, uh, it's pretty important to have, um, you know, the patches and stuff. So to me that can, you know, especially on a, a, certainly right now on a case by case basis, diminish the value of a, uh, of, of, of a physical copy. Um, because if you were to put that physical copy into a system with no connection, no internet, no anything like that, you're not really playing the same game. Um, an example for me is uh, uh, Mario tennis ACE is a game that I absolutely adore for the switch. Uh, they patched out, so many balance issues in that game and added like nine more characters and courses that to pop that game into a, a switch cold with no internet, you're, you're, you're playing half the game. So physical copies start to mean less when you feel like you don't have the complete ownership over them. You've got half a game or you don't have the game in its best playable state. And suddenly, what's kind of the point of holding on to that physical copy? Is it just because it looks nice on the, you know, it looks nice on the uh, the shelf? I mean, maybe. Um, that's different for stuff like, it's generally different for um, the more indie type stuff that we see. The stuff that gets released by like the the small, you know, limited presses, like limited runs, uh, special edition games, uh, grade A Angus releases. I, I have I, <laughs> strictly the uh, rarest game ever incorporated. <laughs> this is the rarest one. This one, buy it, LTD. Um, you know, those are usually smaller independent games that are finished by the time that they are put on 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 um, you know disc or cartridge. Or they're going to be closer to what it would be even after it's patched. Which brings me to this. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of value in physical copies of AAA games as time gets on. That is the stuff that is heavily patched. I, and I think it's going to look very different 
from what the game finally looks like at the end of its life cycle. I don't think there's any collector's value. I don't think there's any real material value to those. I do think that physical editions of smaller indie games that are more or less complete upon release, I do think those will go up in value as time goes on as more people switch to um, switch more heavily to digital downloads. Uh, yeah, you made some good points there. There's no reason for the popular games to be collectible in the future just because a, a lot of people would not have bought the fiscal game anymore so why would they be nostalgic for that you know it's right. sort, of, sort of like what like like modern warfare 2 the new one like which only has 80 megs on the disc anyway 70 sir 70. Oh, so, oh, sorry 70 so it's 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 a, it's both a and um a practical reason why they wouldn't be interested but also nostalgic you don't have nostalgia for buying the disc anymore why like because you didn't buy it when you were say say you're like 17 years old buying Modern Warfare 2, the second Modern Warfare 2, uh, Call of Duty. Why would you care then 10 years later or 15 years to buy it again if that's not how you experienced it to begin with? Why? True, uh, but I mean I, also owning it is you know is uh, is meaningless. So even as like yes. a uh, a novelty or you know some but token, it, it it's 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 useless. But odds are yes, you wouldn't be able to use it anyway because there may not be servers around. 15, 20 years now to, from now to re-download the game. And yes, people so, will collect uh, things that they can't use. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's something that happens, but I just don't see there being the appeal there for it. Yes, uh, there is some level of, of uh, for some stuff, of practicality for collecting, in my opinion. There is. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could probably vary based upon what you're collecting, but I don't think video retro game collecting would have wouldn't it would not have taken off if you could not actually play these games it would it would not have taken off there was some applicability to collecting it to help to get to the point you can argue like, yeah now you're not playing all your games but yes i wouldn't have i wouldn't have gotten the games at all to begin with you know 20 years ago if i couldn't play them like why right. would i why would i have bothered what am i actually buying at that point i'm buying uh, plastic shells with with that were made in the, in the hundreds of thousands or millions with with printed uh, art on it which goes against the argument again about why, oh, the, the game cases themselves are art. No, they contain art. They're not art themselves. It's a mass-produced art. It's a mass-produced product. You know, that's, they, they don't get that. Anyway. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think records, I mean, that's half the reason I like records is the art, and that's a mass-produced product. But I would argue it's not art itself. It, it's, re- it's a representation of the art, if that makes sense. It represents uh, the art. It's not a one to one. I don't need to get into this one, but uh, uh, it'd, be, yeah. it'd be an Alex conversation like last week. Right. Um, so that's the thing. It's it's. Will there be a collector collector market in the future to raise the prices if there's no nostalgia for the for the object at its time? And I would argue no. I I don't I don't think there will be. You're going to rely on people then uh, going back to dead physical media that they may not have even interacted with 20 years before. And I just don't see in my head how that's how, how there's any parallel or to any other collectible that's ever existed where you didn't grow up with it, you didn't have any involvement with it. Now all of a sudden you want to start buying this stuff and it goes it goes up in, in value more when it comes to that. And I can't think of another one. I can't think of like a toy that got popular 25 years afterwards that no one had when it came out. You know, like like you know what I mean? I just I don't I don't think about things like that happening like that. I don't 
it does it, it defies logic in my eyes. Maybe you have an example where like something became popular that no one had 30 years ago that now there's a market for it. But it's, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. It would be kind of be like, well, I'm the, sure they're out there, but I, uh, I would love to read a listicle based on that. Yeah, it's like, like I, I would like to know because there's not many. Are there people clamoring for visionaries toys? You know, it was a cool cartoon at the time, but no one watched it. He's Googling visionaries probably. No, no, I, I know but, visionaries. Visionaries is great. But that, that stuff would only be worth any amount of money because it was produced in low quantities. It's like the TurboGrafx-16 argument. It, it's like, well... There was, they made such low amounts that even if a little bit amount of people get in, it's worth money. But for a mass-produced item uh, that people, you know what I mean, to go back and buy the version that they didn't ever own 20 years later, I, I, that's a weird argument to be made, in my opinion. You know, I don't see, I don't know, eight-year-olds aren't buying physical media, 10-year-olds aren't being gifted it. I picture parents giving their kids, hey, here's the download code. It's already on your system for Christmas, right? That seems like that, that would be more of a real thing to me. At this yes. point. Or here's a, or here's a gift card to, you know, get your own games. You know, that's what you're like. My like my uncle got me a Kari Warriors. Thank you, uncle. Back in, you know, Christmas of whatever, 87, uh, New Year's, 88. But nowadays, I can't picture being an uncle and giving a, a child a physical game that's like six years old. That almost right. be like because I would want them to have the physical, but they would be like, what is this? What's this disc thing? Like what? Like what is this? I can picture kids transition to that point where they they'll be dumbfounded by the media. Be like, wait, what am I doing? Why are you? It'd be like giving a five year old an audio cassette for like for like a children's song. Where they can just go on YouTube on their <laughs> tablet. You know what I mean? It's right. like what are, what are you doing, uh, old old timer? So like I said, it's interesting. Uh, there are there examples. I just looked up PS five rare game and I see uh, Binding of Isaac, PS five brand new sealed in hand. Someone's trying to get 175 for it, but then someone says it's very rare. They only want 60, so I don't. I don't understand it. Are they, are they trying to manufacture a well, market? It's also people just yeah, exactly. They're trying to manufacture a collector's market for a system that's been out for two years. Is that what? It, I guess that's the next step for that. I don't know. I, I mean, guess Binding of Isaac PS4 is that worth money? No, that's nothing. It's like 30 bucks. So I don't know. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by EarthySelect.com. Your source for the finest Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC flour, oils, pre-rolls, vape pens, cartridges, and edibles. Their premium adult-use products are crafted from organic cannabis and infused with pure and potent THC extracts for effects you can feel. Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC products are perfect for relaxing, socializing, getting creative, and going deep in the game. Plus, they're hemp-derived and federally legal to ship nationwide. Let's look at some of their most popular products. Earthy Select's Delta 8 vape pens are packed with potent Delta 8 plus cannabis-derived terpenes. They have a stealthy ergonomic design that gives you a quick hit with no lag, making it perfect for gaming. Each rechargeable pen has one gram of Delta 8 THC and is available in four great-tasting flavors like Guava Kush or my personal favorite, the Cherry Pie. They pack light and are excellent on the go. Earthy Select also makes THC gummies and candies that are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and taste great. They all come in different strengths, so you can start low and see what's right for you. The Delta 8 gummies can be really relaxing and heady, while the Delta 10 is more associated with feeling productive and creative, so it's great for daytime projects or an all-night role-playing session. The Delta 9 gummies are impressive. They have real-deal D9 THC, and they come in sativa peach or indica mango. They have a huge variety on the website, so check it out. EarthySelect.com. 
All of Earthy Select's cannabis products are federally compliant and they ship nationwide. Order online at earthyselect.com and use the coupon code CUP20 to save 20% on your first order. No limits. Must be 21 or older. That's earthyselect.com and use code CUP20 to save 20% on THC. Earthy Select. Select your adventure. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, we got uh, we got voicemails. We do. We got uh, what do we got? Anchor.fm slash you podcast. You go. You leave us a voicemail. Twenty seconds is like is like the the perfect mark for me, and then we can play it and hopefully amuse you or educate with the answers. Hello, Pat and Ian. This is Sam calling from India. Thanks. I have a question for Ian. Uh, what are your opinions about analog pocket after all these months? And especially after OpenFPGA got released, which has opened other systems to ROMs and many other systems. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. I, I wish I had. You've been asked like <laughs> and, twice. You feel like you have to get it. <laughs> to um, yeah, I've been asked. I, look, okay, I promise next week sometime I will uh, update my analog pocket uh, and start to look into all the stuff. You want to do what again? You want to do what? You want to update your pocket? Yeah. Yeah. I'll update my pocket. Life has been busy. I just haven't gotten around to it. I have been. The thing is, is it's, it's, it's not that the pocket is going unused. I've been using the shit out of my pocket, but I've literally just been using it to play Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. Like I have not updated it or gotten into any of the other stuff. So I love the system based on how it was sold to me. Like I, I, I like how it was like, I, I enjoy what it was meant to do. All of this extra stuff is going to be great. I just need to make the time. Hey, Pat and Ian, what's up? This is Mike from Chicagoland. Mike. Pat, I was hoping that we could dig back into a question that was asked some time ago, a little more respectful this time. Uh, I am really curious how it is that you met Frank, and uh, did you meet him when after you had moved out to San Diego, or did you know him from Jersey initially? Oh, that's that's you know I get asked this a lot, and and my response is this: uh, just hey, wondering. Hey, hey let, let's face it, mid- Rich. You know damn well both me and you. If we had the opportunity to get a lap dance from the Little Mermaid, we'd be all over it. True or false? <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so, going to deny that. That, that I thought that'd be funny. I haven't played that one in a while. That's that's good. That's, that's an oldie but goodie. Uh, next, hello, Pat and Ian. Brent here from Whippany, New Jersey. Uh, I was just watching Unsolved Mysteries, season six, episode six. It's the Lake Wales, Florida haunting. You got to hear this line by by Robert Stack. Oh. Listen, I don't know what happened. It just turned the corner and disappeared. An island man of Lake Wales, Florida, began claiming that he had a ghost in his bedroom. Paris poo-pooed the idea that the house was haunted. <laughs> that was that. Until Alan got married and a 16-year-old... All right. Not only could I not believe that legends of a man read that line, isn't that what happened to you in your childhood home? They poo-pooed the notion of you haven't seen a ghost? <laughs> Right. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, I, if I if I was Robert Stack, I'd have I'd have creative control on my script. I would not say I'm not saying poo pooed. I, I I think I used that last week on the podcast with, with Alex. Um, yes, my parents did poo poo the idea of, of ghosts, even though they ended up all seeing the stuff. Um, yes, that is that is really funny. I'm known as a murderer of crows. I'm a good friend of John Hancock. I wanted to thank you guys for coming into the Saturn Lounge at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Well, I didn't. <laughs> but I think Ian did. I did not have the chance. 
I did, uh, and Vonnie did. Yeah, just uh, heard your little shout outs about uh, your experience at the lounge, and I wanted to tell you that uh, the collection in the corner, actually about sixty percent of the items that were there were actually uh, from my personal collection. Uh, and it is a complete U.S. set, including all variants and all demos. Oh. Uh, John, love him to death. He's got a complete U.S. set, but without all the extra demos or variants. Thanks. Well, I don't know what the bell was. Someone coming into the shop. Was that <laughs> was that subtle shade thrown at John Hancock? Love him to death, but he doesn't have all the variants. It's like variant Sega Saturn shaming. Did you We're said- going to fight. Um, love no, to but- death. <laughs> that Sega Saturn uh, uh, lounge was fantastic. I loved it. And they were uh, cool folks. And Vonnie in particular really enjoyed talking to them and uh, checking it all out. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Bryson calling from Vancouver, BC. Longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, this is just my application to be on the podcast, as I know nothing about retro video game collecting, sealed or unsealed. But I promise not to uh, pressure you or force you into a conversation at a convention. In all seriousness, uh, with that story in mind, Pat and Ian, I'm wondering what was your most memorable or pleasant interaction with a fan? Love you guys. Have a wonderful day and keep up the good work. Um, I'll just I'll, I'll story real quick. There was a God. They used to be kids. I always rec. I don't. I'm awful with names, but I'll recognize uh, the faces. There was a must have been 18, 19. Kid came up to me at Retropalooza. What was that? Four was that a month ago only? About a month ago. And they said, Hey, you you recognize me? And I was like, hmm, this is a kid. It's always he he's a he's a dealer. He'll like he'll like trade up to get games, but he'll like he'll try to like constantly do these deals, kind of be sneaky. I was like, Yeah, I remember you, but I remember him from like the five years before when he was like 13, 14. So we did a deal. Uh for a, a limited edition NES guidebook for some of the games that he had because he didn't have all the cash for it. So we worked out some deal. So I was like, I remember that kid because he was always super nice, but he was always like, you see the same kid throughout the weekend with different game. I'll be like, hey, where'd that other game go? Oh, I traded up for this game. It was like it was like that parable, but the kid always trading stuff, I think. Uh, but, but but in reality, so anyway, that kid was always nice. That's a recent nice one. Um, my... I've had lots of really great interactions, but one that I always just kind of point at when this kind of conversation comes up uh, and I hate it because I can't remember his name now. Um, And I believe he follows me on Twitter as well. And he, I still see him every year. Anyways, first year I did Portland uh, guy comes up to me, puts two Takate tall boys down on the table and goes, I really like what you do. Thanks. And I said, Hey, thank you. And that was the interaction. What? It, That's it, great. And then I every year I see him, uh, he comes by. We chat just a little bit, quick interaction, leaves me something, says thanks, walks away. This year he left me a, uh, he, he brought me a, uh, uh, a marijuana brownie. And then the next day he brought me a, a little can of this uh, booze to try. Um, but he's a really good dude. I, I can't believe I can't remember his name now. Every year he stops by and says hi. But it's just like oh, there's no sorry. pressure. Doesn't take a lot of time. He doesn't want a lot of my time. And uh, he's just a good dude, and I, I appreciate it. Hey, Pat likes brownies, too. Intermittent fasting. <laughs> my fucking stomach. God, I'm hungry as hell. Thanks weed for giving brownies, me two days. Patrick. What's that? Weed brownies. Patrick. I try a weed brownie. Okay. <laughs> what was that for? Okay. Well, I, yeah. I would try one. A little like, one. Just don't, don't do it at a convention. Oh, no. I'm not going to partake at a convention. Who would do that? 
anyway. Me, every convention. That's how I get through my day. Just don't give stuff to people that try to tattle on you. That's all. <laughs> Fucking narcs. You have to watch out for. We know who they are. Uh, next. Oh, I, was gonna, oh, I had another one. That's right. What was the other one I was going to say? Oh, there was a there's the guy, probably mid twenties, would always go to, would always either see me at too many games or Retro World Expo, would take a picture of me. Then next year, take a picture of me holding the picture of us from the year before, and he's done it about five times. So it's pictureception of us. You know what I mean? Like holding yeah. a picture each year. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I yep. I remember you telling me about that. And I saw him again last year. Or previous this year at too many games. So, so I'd say between 2016, couple of COVID years in, in there to now, there's been four or five pictures of the of the inception. We're always doing the same pose every year in the picture. That that guy's pretty cool. Hey, Pat and Ian. Um, this question is mostly for Ian. Um, just wanted to see if he's been keeping up with the pocket, uh, the analog pocket core updates that have been happening about every other day. There's a new core coming out, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, uh, arcade cores, a bunch of handhelds. Now, today, the PC Engine uh, core uh, just uh, was released. So I just wanted to see if he's been uh, keeping up with that. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Wow. What do you, what do you think? Uh, general handheld? You got to look into this stuff. General handheld for like... <laughs> I'm sorry. I spaced on that. Oh, he wants to check out the cores for oh, the FPGA. Yeah. I, I want to check out the cores. I really want to check out some of the older computer cores and see what they've got, oh. like uh, like C64 and stuff, if they have that going. <laughs> like, you, know, I, that you can just play with like one or two buttons. IBM XT on, on my pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the show. Have you ever played the Florida Man game? If not, go to www.google.com. Then type in Google. Then type, click on the link to wait, wait, wait. Typing Google after you're at Google. I don't think you need that, but okay. Google. And then once you're there, what you want to do is type in Florida man and your birthday and then read the first news story that you've seen. So I had, I looked this up before I had the links here to mine for, for May 9th. Um, there's two. One was reported on May 9th. I don't think it happened on May 9th. Florida man cited after authorities found an illegally poached gator foot stuck in his dashboard. And there's a picture of a gator foot sticking out of his dashboard. Wow. I don't know wow. if like a gator tried to, to like get into the, the front of the car through the engine block and try to uh, escape through the front or if he cut off and got it's insane. The picture's there. You see that picture? So that's the first one. The second one. Oh, service unavailable? Oh, no. Uh, there's also FloridaManBirthdays.com. At least it used to exist. FloridaManBirthday.org is where I'm at, which makes it easy. Uh, for my birthday, a Florida man drove his golf cart to Walmart and tried to run over people in the store, even though he didn't know why. He tried to run over people at the Walmart? Yep, in his cart. Oh, so my link's no longer there. Damn it. There was something good for the, so the second one. Now it's gone off the site. Where did you go? to? You went to .org? FloridaManBirthday.org. Okay, the .com one is down for my birthday. I knew there was a good one. Now I'm going to find it. May 9th. Search. Oh, there's there's a... Okay, it's just it's just the alligator hand one. Okay, I got to find... Next week, I'm going to find the other one. The other one was even better on that. Uh, next one. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Thomas from Fresno, California. Hey, I wanted to know... What is your favorite 
a Super Nintendo game after doing the book. You know, like one that you didn't expect to be good. One I did not expect to be good. I, I did about 80 reviews for the Super Nintendo book, and unfortunately, I can't recall any of them right now. <laughs> they all blur together, unfortunately, uh, when you do like a high volume uh, of, of, of reviews like that. Um, should I just look in the guidebook? Look in the guidebook. Uh, there's all plush on it. Let me get back to you next week. Now I feel bad. I don't have one that like I didn't think was going to be good in my head that turned out to be good. I'm sure there's a couple, uh, but I honestly can't think of any uh, right now. I was trying to think of um, what was the uh, was the Bugs Bunny NBA Jam game better than I thought. I can't remember if that one was better than I thought when I played that one. You know what I'm talking about? Space Jam. No, not, no, oh, no. Was a Space Jam? Uh, it was just a generic Looney Tunes game. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. But I can't remember. That might have been better than I thought, but it also was not a great game. It might have been average or above average uh, on that one. Why wasn't there a Space Jam game? That's a good question. Because I mean, probably because of Jordan. That's probably yeah. That, that would have been difficult to work around that. I'll do a few more here. Actually, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play one out of order right now. I'm gonna play. We, we have uh, we have someone that's uh, checking in from another part of the world. Let's... Pat, how are you? This is Charlie from Bavaria calling. I heard you had a problem opening the packs of the, the pieces of, of the Reese's. <laughs> I, I think that intermittent fasting is turning you into a little marshmallow with hair. Yeah, yeah, we are all laughing at you over here in Bavaria. It's very funny. But we talked about it and we thought maybe that when you have people come over to work on the house, you know, plumbers, roofers, interior decorators, real men, you could ask them to open all the candy for you. Or maybe when they come by the house to sell you the, the Girl Scout cookies, maybe they could open the candy too. Or if it's late at night and no one is there, perhaps you could use dynamite to open the candy. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to hang up now. I, I don't want your puny arm to fall off from holding the phone too long. <laughs> Hasta la vista. Hey, come on, Charlie from Bavaria. That that's uncalled for. That's uncalled for. Uh, we got a, we got another one from from uh, from Europe, which is, which is timely. Hi, passing Ian. I'm Zach from England. Do either of you follow soccer or football, as we call it here? If so. What are America's chances at the World Cup, which starts next week, do you think? I'm asking since they are in the same group as England. Well, uh, I think we're like, gun to my head, 65% chance to get out of the get out of the group along with England. Obviously, England's going to move on. And it's going to be Wales or uh, the U.S. And that, that tie to Wales really hurt. Hurts. Like it, yes. yes. If it was a win, it'd be like a 90% chance, 95% chance they move on. But the fact that they only tied, that's going to make it dicier these next two games. But there was a statistic that said whenever the U.S. won or tied their first game in their group, they always moved on to the, the elimination round. So knock on wood. It's going to be a good game after Thanksgiving. All right, back to the regular set of questions. Do a couple more. Hey, guys. Just wanted to let you know that I listen to you in the shower every day. So thanks for spending your morning with me as I get ready for work. Okay, that's TMI, but thanks, Jeremy. My question is, uh, given the totality of their 8-bit and 16-bit libraries, who is your favorite third-party developer? I've always been partial to SNK, uh, but obviously there are a lot of good options out there. Thanks. Bye. 
we get this question every so often. Um, I think I, I think I always go back to Konami, um, at least for NES, just for the, 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 the variety of different games. Um, cause you have like the action type of games you got, you know, you have your Castlevania, you have your action platforms, you have like Russian attack, but then you have your top gun looking at the games and you have like, you know, the shooters like life force and gratis and you have track and field and track and field too. It's like they're, they're the queen of the NES. They can do every genre. It seems very effectively. Um, that's, that's always my pick, at least for the NES. Uh, was that question for the NES or well, it was eight and 16, eight and 16 bit, right? Um, Huff. Um, my heart wants to say Namco, but I, I think I think my brain says Capcom. Namco for uh, for for eight bit or sixteen bit. Uh, eight. Uh, I really like the stuff they did for like the releases on the PC Engine were were great. They're like oh, okay. arcade game ports, but like I, just because I really like Namco, I love Namco in terms of third party games in general. I love their releases. I love their company. But if it's purely for eight and sixteen bit support. And what they did, uh, I, I would probably say Capcom. Sure. Uh, 16-bit, thinking about Super Nintendo, I mean, Konami was obviously super strong on there as well. So, I mean, like, the, the more yeah, I think I about mean, it. Konami is, was was great during that era. It's, I mean, it's tough to pick. Yeah. Indian. Why do you not like Tommy Tallarico? He's an amazing man. Please be nice. You can make up and be friends. Maybe even have him on the podcast. <laughs> Ian, did the guy that approached you at Portland get a voice changer? What happened there? <laughs> what in the hell was that? That was terrifying. That was terrifying. Uh, I don't feel safe. <laughs> I would like someone to hold my hand. You want someone to hold your hand? Uh, you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. My voice is petering out here. Okay. Hey, boys. Mark from Texas over here. Just want to let you guys know about a fun new company called Retro underscore Drive underscore Gaming on Instagram selling a plug-and-play console full of thousands of ROMs of 64, Super Nintendo, NES. I think you got some Genesis on there. You got all the greats. Totally legal. It's all on the up and up. It's ready to go, ready to ship out. I think they got some deals on their page. They're posting ads on Instagram. One just popped up on my Instagram over there. Great stuff. Great stuff, guys. Um, definitely not something that should be reported or... Uh, <laughs> Nothing that Nintendo's going to sue for. Nothing like that. Totally on the up and up. Ready to go. Kind of snarky there. Yeah. <laughs> that one, Mark. <laughs> so I just looked them up. I'm logging in to Instagram right now. They're selling... God, I, th I think we were given one of these one year for the marathon from a sponsor. One of these... Um, oh, let's see. It's retro. Yeah. It's retro underscore drive underscore gaming on Instagram. And yeah, they sell the retro drive with the controller over 15,000 retro games on one system playstation sony wait playstation comma sony playstation comma Sony. did sony even have another console i'm not aware of besides a playstation uh playstation sony nintendo all the other all the other stuff um 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Instagram uses a marketplace. Seems to be like there's not a lot of people that are, are, are aware of this stuff. Well, some people don't care. If you're on sure. Instagram, you're, you know, if you're casually driving, oh, I can get a retro drive for, you know, whatever. These things probably cost like fifty bucks only, sixty uh-huh. bucks, I'm guessing. But it's not even. It's just like one of the generic ones with four USBs in the side. It's not even with the case. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever. It is what it is. It's uh, it's hard. It's hard to do away with this, and it's hard to police it. But you know what are you going to do, right? I laugh at under Atari twenty six hundred full library, bitch. We have no idea what the fuck the full library of the Atari twenty six hundred. Oh, is that there? Is. Where, where is that under? I didn't see that. Uh, it was uh, on the actual web page for it. I just googled oh, it. This is kind of scummy. Forty dollars back for video reviews. That's Ew. scummy. Ew, that is scummy. So they want people, I guess, to go on Instagram and post their quote reviews in order to get it 40 bucks off how much are they actually charging for this uh, retro, it's retro drive dot store this might be a backdoor scumbag seller of the week here i want to see what they're charging for this shit now if they can uh, get back 40 bucks uh, deluxe retro drive with four controllers for from 239 what the fuck standard retro drive 180 180 for the standard retro drive 180 with one controller and then 240 for, with four controllers. Retro Drive Deluxe 219.95. So you get oh, marked down from 192. So you get uh it's like it looks like a kind of like an 8-bit do style controller. Yeah. It looks like I can't see the company on it. Oh it is. It's, it's an SN30. Okay, so you get an SN30 which I'm guessing they don't have a wholesale deal with them. Like, those go for what about $30 something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Let me see, because I want to see what this actual cost is. There, uh, the SN30 is um, thirty bucks. That style is thirty dollars or twenty five bucks. We'll say it's twenty five. So they're charging a hundred dollars for this for this um, Raspberry Pi. A hundred and fifty dollars. Holy shit! With the case, and you get a, a sixteen gig micro card, which doesn't cost really anything. That's that's nuts. Uh, to me yeah that's wow. crazy okay then retro drive you're the uh you're the anchor voicemail scumbag seller, seller of the week, week. way to go oh this was a fun podcast again it was it was a good one we got a time we got a time we got a time and we're actually done a little bit earlier than usual somehow Twelve eh, not so bad i'm not sure how that happens <laughs> i'm so sure yeah uh well hope you have a good thanksgiving Ian. you um, too I'm and gonna we'll probably... be back next week. What's that? I said you two. We'll be back next week. I'll talk about any food that I might make as long as I'm not dying. I'm gonna roast some pork belly. I'm gonna make a tri tip. This year I might actually be going to a Thanksgiving. Remember last year I made I did my own Thanksgiving. I went to I went to the local place and just bought like yeah. like like half a turkey and I bought sides. I made my own I made my own gravy. <laughs> it wasn't where bad. You, where are you going? Uh, I'm probably gonna uh, go with uh, a friend's friend that I'm, I'm friendly with. I'll just say that. A friend's friend that you're friendly with. Uh, okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you sure. off air. That's a little private. No, right. A little private. A little private. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to get fat and happy. Um, and then I might be working on NES Punk video for the end of, of November, which is only eight days away. Jesus Christ. Why don't I give myself four days to do these videos? Um, well, it's going to be an easier one to edit. So I'll probably edit it and get it out on Wednesday the 30th. We'll just say that. And then I'll probably do a Christmas one. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Bye.